This is the Grouse House Podcast. Welcome to the footy with Broden Wednesday banter with you, Tom, as Hi. always. Yes. We're in the finals now, by the way. We're recording this for the finals. Are we? Yeah, so it's, it's, oh, it's September. I can feel it. I've got goosebumps. You got, they're going to feel the blades of grass coming off and the flowers. And uh, we got, as you can tell by that raspy voice, it's like being on the Hurstbridge. It's Melbourne. It's as Melbourne as Melbourne. Mm. It's Mick Malloy. Let's chat. Bounce that pill. Hello. Hi, Mick. How are you? Thank you so much for coming on, mate. Hi, pleasure. Couldn't be happier to be here. It's uh, you guys. How often do you come up to Brunswick? Uh, well, so I used to live in Brunswick. No. So my, when I went to Melbourne Uni back in mm. 1862. <laughs> <laughs> the gold rush era. <laughs> uh, we used to ride there on our horses. No, I, so I lived in Western Street. Oh, yeah. Which was fantastic because I was still close enough to go to uni. But we had Barclay Street uh, Shopping Centre yes. at the end, which I don't know if it still is, but at the home at the time was the home for every stolen car <laughs> in Melbourne. If, if, a, if a car was stolen, you would generally just yeah. go, I'm just going to drive up to the Barclay Square car park and, see and if it's get there. it. <laughs> and it would invariably be there. And the pub on the corner, what was the name of the pub on the, the corner? Brunny? The Quarry. The oh, Quarry, right. The Quarry, uh, which was around the time uh, Underworld Kills were being... <laughs> Popped off. Yeah. They, they used to take deli numbers, uh, number 32. <laughs> bang. So I know the yeah. the area, and I I, love, I just said on the way in, this is pretty authentic still. Yeah, no, I've it's got a, a polite few, way of saying it's still shit. shit. Uh, the, the Lewis Moran was knocked off yeah. down the road. That was the gangland. I know the pub. We've been there. For mm. a, um, but then also, for late show fame, we're about yes. a block from the Dashboard Doctor. Do you remember the oh, Dashboard Doctor? <laughs> I remember the Dashboard Doctor. Uh, what did we do there? Yeah, so you were going around looking for quirky shops. So yeah, you had correct. like uh, Stacks of Slacks and yeah. um, Job Warehouse on Burke Street. Yes. But then also you went to, there was a place, you had it, you, you did a skip. You're like, oh, there's a dashboard. It looks bad and we better take it to the <laughs> dashboard doctor. And it's still exactly the same. Yeah. It has not changed since 1980. The other one I remember doing on Sydney Road was there was a shop that just had big red yes. cases. Yeah, big red trunks. <laughs> big red trunks. And so yeah. I would walk in and go, "G'day, mate. Uh, you guys can help me." I go, "Yeah, I'm. I'm looking for a big red trunk." <laughs> and just behind it, it's just there, there's literally a hundred big red <laughs> trunks, and that passed as yes. comedy in those days. But that, that's that's a long. No, it still does. I, I, I mentioned this to you off camera, but uh, for the Donner guys, very early on the Late Show, that we I was maybe two when you were on air. Yeah, yeah. But you, the the DVD came out in about two thousand and one, two. Um, of the, the the champagne edition, so I I know yeah. that backwards, and that was a real connecting joiner for us. We well, were lucky; you got the best off. You yeah, got, there were some shitty bits in there too, which we managed to cull. <laughs> I, I heard as well that it, to make it good, and I'm glad the ABC hasn't changed, is that you kind of had to dedicate your on your triple M money or your yeah. to to make it good. That's right. Uh, we were taken on uh, almost uh, against their. <laughs> Better judgment. As and with most things, good, yeah. Tipped most of our our winnings, mm. uh, our yeah. ill-gotten gains from Triple M Breakfast into that show. So it it wasn't uh, a, a business move at all. Yeah. 
or was it? Because yeah. it's still pretty well remembered. So, and, and so it was a load of fun. You, times are so different now for you. You used to host Triple M Breakfast. What do you do now? I host Triple M Breakfast in <laughs> Sydney. <laughs> do, do you know what? I, I always say this. I've always been a moving target because yeah. <laughs> I, I've, you're going to be in TV jail I'm twice. Yeah. I've been yeah. in TV. You know, TV, film, radio, stand-up, you need every single weapon in the armory because you don't know when. You're going to need that. Yeah. Um, so that's that. But, but if I honestly had to choose one medium, if you asked me right any time, if you had to choose one that you could only do for the rest of your life, it would be radio. Really? Why is yeah, that? Yeah, I just enjoy it. I enjoy the freedom. I enjoy the fact you come in on a daily basis. If you have a shit one, well, you get up and do it again. Yeah. yeah. yeah do something bad on film and it's on a shelf forever. Yeah. Yes. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's a lot of work for no little... Yeah, sugar hit. But yeah, yeah. when you're doing radio, it's a uh, you're kind of plugged into the world. You're watching things. You're talking to people. Do you you're, feel like you're connected with your audience when you're doing radio? Do you feel like totally. it, you feel really there? And I reckon that's one of the things. Right, it's one of the last things in the world you can still be feel when you do a national radio show. You're plugged into the nation. I'm, I'm, yeah. How fav- my favorite calls. What I'll have one from Gimpy yeah. and one from Devonport, yeah. and they're on the same <laughs> show. Yeah. And I remember the first time I ever did. Me and Tony did. Uh, a national drive time show. I remember going up to the Kimberley once and I was on a million acre cattle station and I just got there for the first day and the guy said, oh, we're not open. Why don't you go down to the staff camp? So I just went down to the staff camp and there's all the staff sitting around and they were listening to our best of. And I, I was trying to introduce myself and go, shut up, mate, shut up. Have a listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody fantastic. These yeah, guys Jesus. are unbelievable. Yeah. And I sat with them for two hours listening to them giggle along and yeah. then at the end tried to convince them it was yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but I remember that was one of the greatest feelings. It was like... You know if invisibility was a superpower yeah. and you had it? Yeah. For that brief moment, I went, you know what? I'm watching people enjoying my work and every time I do it now, I know there's people on a cattle station, there's people in Barwon Jail, yeah, there's yeah. people all around the country yeah. uh, sharing the same experience. That's very sweet. We've had a lot of people, this is kind of a fan base is starting with this show. This is a five-month-old footy show, but we have people at the Grand Canyon and in Thailand showing <laughs> us, listening to this weekly recap of who won, who, how much the Bombers lost by. It's um, it's very special. But so, but you you are more in the footy world. You are, you, you're you a comedian. You've, you've, you've built out your career as a comedian, but you are very football adjacent in everything you do. Totally. So uh, the... It, I just I, I just realised being at the radio station I was, how yeah. much interest there was in football. I've loved football ever since I moved to Victoria uh, in grade five at oh, yeah. school. So Where were you from originally? Father was in the Air Force, so we used to get posted all around Australia. Yeah. I was actually born in Canberra, Canberra's yeah. favourite son, I yeah. like to say. <laughs> yeah. not, a, not a lot of competition. Yeah. <laughs> Nick Kyrgios, yeah, you maybe. I think I've you got him Nick. covered. Yeah. yeah. Um, but so when I got to Melbourne in grade five – uh, I didn't have a football team. So I remember sitting uh, next to a kid called Darren Chow. Uh, Darren Chow barracked for Richmond. So I barracked for Richmond. We've been going to the football together every Saturday forever. And up until about five years ago, the, the, it used to be the same story as we as we were walking back uh, from the ground. Yeah. I go, thanks a lot, mate. <laughs> thanks a lot. I could have sat next to Jim Smith. <laughs> he barracked for Hawthorne. I would have had seven by now. So you've but, gone to the footy... With 
Darren, since well, you've, you've since nineteen seventy seven or seventy seventy eight. That's and incredible, still, and we still do it. And even in lockdown, I was allowed to have one person over to my house, and it was him. And we Darren. watched the what's the twenty. Uh, the 2020 yeah. uh, GF together. It's just one of those great experiences that is shared. Yeah. It's the last tribal thing you're yeah. allowed to do. Yeah. You know, in, uh, my IQ drops 50 points every time <laughs> yes. the footy comes on. Uh, and uh, I often say this, I wish at our house there was a black box recorder yeah. underneath my couch because yeah. – to listen to it back in the morning would be highly embarrassing. <laughs> Some of the shit I've said <laughs> about opposition teams and players is just unfair. And there's, you know, the problem now is we, our, we have message groups where we're saying this stuff and committing it yeah. to text and data that will be there for a very long time. That'll I've be wished, an annual book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wanted to ask you, as a Tigers fan, how does it feel to be you, – you are one of the flagship people. When people think Tigers, they think Nick. So – when you walk home, there's videos of it. You walking home from a game, copying it from the opposition fans, or yes. you know, when it's good, it's it's really you know, you're. The, how yeah. do, I hope Mick enjoyed it. How does how does that feel, and what's that what's that like? It's it's you look. It's I've I've bought it on myself, <laughs> and it probably just amps it up a bit. You know, mm. it's like freebasing <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> yeah. as uh, as a fan. When it's good, it's good. When it's bad, it's bad. I can't leave a game early. If you yeah. see, if you're seen leaving a game early, well, you're, you're yeah. cooked. Um, <laughs> I learned that about three weeks ago, or four weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. I ended up on front bar three days later. <laughs> that, correct. So that can't be done. You've got to imagine that there's a camera on you some other time because yeah. they will uh, point a camera at you at various moments in the game, but. That said, it's just fun, and I, I, because I like the Richmond fan base, I get along famously with them. I've never had any trouble, mm. and most of the op opponent fans are okay. If anything ever happens to me, it was a Carlton fan. <laughs> all right, that's, that's all I'm going to. If I disappear or something goes horribly wrong, Carlton fan. Yeah, yeah I, I, it's hard to pick which one's worse, Carlton or Collingwood. On their on their good day, they both can fight for it. They both. I just that I've given Carlton a lot of. Yeah. A lot of grief. That, that, uh, yeah, that's can, your brand, yeah. isn't it? Being next to Andy and Sam on the front bar as well, uh, and that's the reason. Yes. because I'm just trying to get a reaction. Yeah, if they were both calling, if they were, if they were both Footscray fans, I'd be making ten Footscray jokes a week. Yeah. <laughs> it's banter, isn't it? Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I've, I've, um, I, yeah, I've done a lot of Collingwood gear on this podcast. And yeah. they are they are very upset with me. And when they win the grand final, like <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just going to turn things off because it's. Um, so I, I'm yeah. curious because now I would say front bar is has become an iconic show in Australia and, and particularly for sports. And it was something we desperately needed when it came along. Yep, thank you. But I've heard it was potentially not as easy to get the show up as you would think. Or how? Did, what's the journey of front bar? So. Yeah, so I've had an idea to do a football show from a long way out. And so before it, it even came to front bar, I took a job at seven on a show called The Kick, which was basically the pre-game Saturday night show. So wherever the seven were broadcasting right. the football from, they'd do a pre-show and it was gotcha. with like Luke Darcy and Lingy and Richo and, and they'd bang in the comedian. I yep. said, I'll, I'll do that. Which some people raised eyebrows at the time, but this was me embedding myself yes. in the Channel 7 network and working yeah. out how things work. So on a weekly basis, I get to see who produced the football. I'd get to see a range of clips, see how they put them together, meet people like John Oroglasso, who now works on our show. Yep. 
and I would travel every Saturday night to wherever they were watching. It wasn't a bad gig, by the way. My brother, sitting over there, did a great job by negotiating me to do the pre-show but not the (laughs) post-show, which was the key because it meant now they're flying me to a game of football. I do an hour of mucking around. Then yeah. I get hammered watching football on a Saturday <laughs> night interstate. That's Stephen A. Smith is mentioned in ESPN. He's the face yes. of ESPN. He he said the worst job in the world is covering an NBA game for ESPN because you do the pregame, then you sit there for the whole game, and then you talk for three minutes ad break. Yeah, and then you got then you're there till midnight. Till midnight, and you're on. You have to be on for like six, seven, eight hours. That's Ooh, that's a great kick. Yeah. I'm done. Yeah, I'm, I'm done when the first siren goes. So anyway, I got in there, I understood what was going on, and then I'd, I'd had the privilege of working on uh, Before the Game, yes. which was a precursor to this show, really, yeah. a, 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 a same kind of blueprint. And so I started nosing around, working out how I could get it up. So I eventually plucked up the courage to go to the producers at the time at Channel 7, and I said, I said I've got a great idea for a football show. They said, what's that? I said, well, it's me in a pub... <laughs> Drinking beer, <laughs> talking footy. Mm. Out. Yeah. Get, get, get out. Uh, I, I got the impression pretty quickly that it was all about dollars. It didn't matter what you do or what you pitched. If they could pay for it, they would put it on. That's right. the climate it was in. So, all right. So, went to CUB pretty much off the bat and went, this is our idea for, for a football show. We sit in a pub. We drink your beer. We put you on primetime TV. Yeah. And it's the biggest ad. It's the best integration in the history yeah. uh, of the world. And that's they, they saw uh, the merit in it. So then we went back and said, well, now we've got a sponsor. And again, Seven are a fairly conservative network. And sure. I think, and I'm not talking about anyone in particular here, but I think the first stance from a network when you pitch a show sometimes is, how can this get me sacked? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. totally, totally. No, it's not necessarily how good could this show be, but it's like, how could I this yeah. show get me in trouble? And it was a high degree of uh, difficulty. <laughs> but anyway, we eventually batted away. Car CUB came on board, and we started off. Uh, actually, sorry, the networks did pass. All networks passed. Right, you uh, took it around, and so then we went to AFL, and they, they had a uh, online. AFL website, and we started it as 14-minute bits with CUB attached. It got very popular very quickly, and then Seven saw the potential, put us on at like midnight. Yeah. Then we came into a um, after the footy, but after two interviews and the songs (laughs) and then everything. Then immediately after, and then we went to 9.30, and we nearly died. We were on at 9.30 on a Thursday night, and it was rugged, like the – uh, I think it was like about 50,000, 60,000 viewers, not a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and anyway, it was almost the last throw of the dice. Uh, we agreed with seven. Let's go up and get some footy show. You know, if we're going out, we really? might as well go out with a bang. Yeah. And straight away, it, it, the first week in on the Thursday night, it it won so, and, was, and then just took off after that. So it's a long road. A lot of people come up and go, jeez, are you an overnight success? Are you so lucky? <laughs> well, when, no I'm at, when I'm at GWS hosting the kick, yeah. <laughs> about five years before you even see me on a Thursday night, yeah. remember, a bit of hard work has gone I, in. I didn't know it was underperforming until you put it up against the footy show. That's fascinating. Yeah, well, it was doing all right after the show. Like People were really hanging around for it, and yeah. then we wanted it to be a standalone. It was always our ambition was to make it – 
her standalone show uh, that doesn't have to be attached to the football. Yes. It's just about the footy. So we that was our real big punt at it. But you know what? There's just so many times a TV show can fall over. Anything that you see that make it through, you you would understand. Yeah, yeah. Has has passed a hundred tests. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and you only need to fail one, and the whole show's over. Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. a it's a minefield. Do you, why do you think this show? Well, I, what seems to be the best thing about it is you had a long time to figure out the model in front of people, as opposed yeah. to having to develop a pilot. Often you have to make a pilot behind closed doors, and then. Yeah goes out and it, it's, it, if the executive likes it, it's made. If it's not, it's not. But the why do you think it, you've gotten it to a model now where it resonates so easily and works so smoothly? And I think the philosophy is unchanged. It was a footy show by fans for fans. Right. So every footy show I've seen seems to be you have to have played 300 games yes. to sit on a panel. And if you haven't, good luck having a chat to the guy who has. Yeah. So mm-hmm. there seemed to be... No opportunity for fans who who love the game yeah. to have a voice. And the funniest conversations I've ever had are in a front bar of a hotel or in my lounge room when football's on. And yeah. there are characters there. The The reason you're doing it is there, yet none of them are represented on TV. So, so that was the basic premise, you know, by the fans, for the fans, and we're not the smartest guy in the room. <laughs> we, we, we haven't kicked a million goals, yeah. but we will thump the table yeah. and we will poke chests yeah. and we will make outrageous claims on behalf of anyone yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who's ever made a dick of themselves at the football. Yeah. I like – also, you've got Sam's, – Sam's a one in a million – Yes, and, and everyone knows that. But then also Andy as your foil, and so, yeah. uh, it's very hard to find someone I think in comedy, particularly, who's willing to be the foil or the straight guy <laughs> or the. And he does he he does it really well. And the journalist, like at the yeah. end of the day, mm-hmm. he gets us out of so much trouble. Yeah, he for a couple of reasons, he genuinely knows what he's talking <laughs> yeah. about. Yeah. And secondly, he's a foils. If you ever see me or Sam turn on him, it generally means we've got nothing. Yeah. Andy buys us a bit of time. Yeah. But he, he also, too, it's, he's very hard to replace. Like, you, I'll miss a week, Sam will miss a week. Okay, we'll, we'll roll out another A-list yep. comedian. When he goes, it's a bit of a head-scratcher because yeah. he does cover – so many bases, and he's really well liked. So yeah, he's, he seems like so he is the dad. He is a he's dad. dad. He was a hard one to get across the line initially with seven. I can really? say that. I don't think that's well. There's this Hamish McLaughlin Camp who, who's so good at his job, but he's like laboratory built to host yes. a TV show. Yeah. Yes. Andy Mayer on the other side is like <laughs> we say Radar from Mash. You know, yeah, he's yeah. not uh, not ticking many boxes on your your Q score yeah. yet. Uh, when you dig down, he's a uh, he's a cracker. He, he's a positive and lovely guy. Yeah. And we're trying to. He, he's going to come on this at some point. And my every time I've emailed him, he comes back and calls me guru or, <laughs> or something, uh, some weird name. Knackers, knackers. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. knackers can't do uh, then. Guru, champ. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's got a million of them. So uh, knacker bags. You know, <laughs> knacker <laughs> bags. Yeah. Did you ever hear? Um, Dean Thomas is a comedian. He he did. He got this Kanye song of him where he says "Hello, Mari." Yes, it's yeah. one of the That's funniest a, things uh, I've ever seen. Maybe yeah, play a clip of that. I'll try. And you find should it. do it. It's an absolute ripper. But before you did the TV show, I also yep. want to talk about uh, when we were growing up. You made a, a, a bunch of movies that were very successful, but. The biggest stretch is you made a successful Australian films, which is a very, very yeah. it's a 
It's Thank a you. unicorn thing now. But <laughs> the one I wanted to talk a little bit about was you made Cracker Jack in what year? Was it 2001 or two? Was it around then? So I think it went out. I think we made it in 99. And it, I remember this because it was after the failure of the Mick Malloy show. I suddenly had some time <laughs> free, freed, freed up. Um, so we, we had some spare time on our hands and nothing much to do. And my office was in Richmond directly opposite the bowling club. And so for me and my brother were sitting down there drinking very cheap beers, by the way, going, what do we do? Mm-hmm. What's our, what is our next option? Yeah. Well, we should write a film. We've always said we, we would, but you never get round to it. You've got some free time. What can we write about? What can we write about? it? And after about a month of the same conversation, yeah. we realised we were sitting in it, which was the bowling, at the bowling club, which is just like dying history on the vine. Yeah. Or it was at that stage. And, and historically, always held down a very good part of town. At least to build the police station, the town hall, and then the bowling club. So <laughs> yeah. you were right. You're in a, yeah. Pardon me. In yeah. a real blue chip area. And anyway, we just started meeting these incredible characters, thought about it, went, okay, let's get on the road. And we pretty much curb crawled bowling clubs for about three months, which was a load of fun. Even if a film had not come out of it, we were just having a riot. Driving around regional Victoria, cities, countries, down the Mornington Peninsula, getting drunk with the locals, (laughs) hoovering up all their stories, and at the end, just... You know, throwing them up in the air and going, okay, which of these can form part of a... So this is just off your back. You just kind of went, we're going to invest in ourselves and put time aside to just go and do this fun thing and and figure it out. Totally. Isn't that the best? Yeah. Look, we've always said if you... I always feel sorry for actors who have to go to auditions Mm. and put pitched against each other and all that. You need to be at least a triple threat. (laughs) Yeah, totally. You need to be able to write it, produce it, make it, Act it. Mm-hmm. I mean, when we started in the, in the Melbourne Uni Review, by the way, I went to the Melbourne Uni Review. That's why I went to Melbourne Uni yeah. to do that review. Oh, yeah, just right. to literally do sketch and comedy and as stuff. A, as a kid, my sister took me to see, I was still at school, took me to see a Let's Talk Backwards, the Melbourne Uni Review with Santo and Rob Sitch mm-hmm. and uh, Mark Downey uh, and those guys in it, Michael Veach. And I walked away going, well, that's what I'm going to do. Really? So I then went back and worked out how to get into Melbourne Uni to be the third Melbourne Uni review <laughs> and ending up doing my apprenticeship basically with those. So what was the course guys. you got into to go and do that on the side? It was arts. So I could have got it. I could have done arts law at Monash. Mm-hmm. But, Long, that's uh, a lot of buses. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of buses. That's a lot of buses and no <laughs> Melbourne Uni yeah, review. Yeah. So I said I'll do arts, which is hilarious. I uh, I didn't go to a single lecture, but part, got third class honours. Yeah, really. For the arts, there's an art to it. This is in the uni free time as well. They're, they're, <laughs> is it free uni? Yeah, <laughs> that's great. The uni was free. Yeah. The uni was free. You just go and get the the past exams, bone up. Do you think? Because that your whole generation is a lot of really smart people who've who've carved out really smart careers, whether it's the working dog guys yep. or, or you know any of those guys. Do you think there's something to that? Is it, it was a bunch of operators who had their heads, you know, screwed in right? I think so. I I know them a great debt because I learnt all my work ethics and stuff from them. I got caught up with them. I was literally like running down and getting lunches. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah right. Right. Yes, sir. How mm. many sandwiches? I'll go do it because I couldn't believe my luck. Yeah. Uh, I'd, I'd seen them on stage as a kid and then 
two, three years later, I'm working with them. So it was the greatest apprenticeship in the world. But they taught, I learned pretty quickly, do everything yourself. And yeah. That way you can't ever complain that no one's employing you. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. If I don't employ myself, I'm right now, I don't know about you, but I'm unemployable. Yeah. If I don't do it. <laughs> I, I have this story, yeah. <laughs> Major issues. I was on Centrelink at about 22 and we were trying to get Donna started and I was and I went to um, – that was like you had to do 10 job applications a week and go and do trials or else you wouldn't get your Centrelink. Yeah. And I went and did, uh, went out to a farm about, you know, 20Ks out of Melbourne that was a cheese factory. And I was like, I could, I could actually do this. Like, I, I don't have to be stressed about doing comedy. I can just do this and do comedy on the side for fun and it'll, it'll be great. I can become a really cool cheese maker. <laughs> and so they came in like, right, you've got to wrap this burrata, right? You've got to wrap the mozzarella cheese in, it, like, in a yeah, little bag. You yeah. just tie the knot. And I started doing it and I just couldn't do it. And I was like, they're like, just do 20. And I couldn't get through one. I actually <laughs> couldn't. And I remember sitting in the car. They sent me home. They said, you got it. Just... <laughs> Just go. Just, no, cheese is not for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Can I say something? Now yeah. I'm thinking about working in a cheese factory. As you're describing <laughs> yeah, this, I'm going, yeah, yeah. that wouldn't be bad. No, yeah. If I couldn't do this, you working in, nice a cheese, in a cheese <laughs> factory, you could just uh, work being surrounded by wheels of cheese. Yeah, cows. And so they sent me, they told me to piss off. And then I'm sitting in the car and I'm looking you got at. You sent home from the cheese. <laughs> yeah, like, you can't make cheese, mate. And then I was looking at a cow and I was just thinking, like, I need to figured this out i need to yeah. figure out how to do this or i'm i'm in really really big trouble <laughs> like i can't do anything so i know yeah. I, I very much know how it feels so that was it and i always we loved the idea that we could do and make anything i remember when we had to promote uh the melbourne union review i was on we had to go into town we'd literally uh, set up the stage oh, yeah? we would set the lights uh mm. i would put on a sandwich board and go through the uni uni Grounds, yeah. promoting our show, oh, really? ringing a bell. We had to try and rustle up. We had to. It was like the old Bertolt Breck style yeah, yeah, yeah. of theatre, where you had to hit the town, do everything, and then dismantle it and move on. And when that's you, what we were doing. When you came in, I didn't expect you to be talking about Bertolt Breck. <laughs> I didn't think public. But they're not ready for this. No, they're not ready for. But, but no, that I, it's um, we we sort of felt the last sort of. Death grips of having to flyer. Kids don't flyer anymore. Yeah. So we, when we, our Donna breaking through, we went to Edinburgh, and, and that was a nightmare. And that you'd have to go around all the all of Edinburgh wow. and hand out flyers and convince Scottish people to come see your show. It was a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. And now no one has to do it anymore because no like it's all it. online. online. Just build your profiles online and then go and do it. But when, well, the year we went over there to have a look, I think it was ninety six, ninety seven, and it would get hot the time. The poster wars were off the charts. Yeah. yeah. These guys uh, were absolutely brilliant. They put up one poster and hired two security guys to guard it. Yeah. And, all right? <laughs> so you couldn't post it and then bang, someone's taking a photo. It's on the front page of the Scotsman. Yeah. yeah. And they've got the photo and the show. That's what you do. Sold. It was so hard. There was a guy who broke into the Scotsman's, Scotsman's computer and wrote his own review. <laughs> and, and they, and, you know, wrote it in overnight and it was published. Like oh, those the were best. the links the that best, you had to get to. The best of our generation happened two years ago. Um, Australian comedian Sam Campbell. Do you know Sam Campbell? I don't. I'm sorry. He, he won the award over there and he's won the award here. He's the, and, but he's a mental case. And um, there's this reviewer in England for a website called Chortle, and it's yeah. where every comedian goes because it's like that's the that's, that's the review that's you the want. one you want. Mm. And there's a man called Steve Bennett, and everyone either hates him or every <laughs> but every comedian love, knows him. Yes, and yeah. it's like Bennett was in tonight. It's a big deal. Wow. And his poster for Edinburgh 
that was around every street in Scotland was just without any text on it, just a photo of him and Steve Bennett at some event. So, without any explanation, just the comedian and the reviewer just sort of standing wow. there. And that was his, and he ended up winning the award that year. I remember being in Adelaide for. And uh, I loved Adelaide uh, yeah, in the yeah, old yeah. days. Mm-hmm. I think before the garden of whatever it Unearthly is, I hijacked yeah. everything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, back when it was vibrant and there were venues everywhere. Mm-hmm. And When Adelaide was vibrant. <laughs> when it was <laughs> alive. way back yeah. now. Uh, but uh, I went to the old Rhino room. Yeah. And a very dejected Bob Franklin was sitting there. <laughs> uh, Bob, what's going on? He goes, oh, the shows ain't great. You know, no one's coming. It's a bit low because Bob's... A, one of my favourite comedians yeah. in the world. Yeah. Anyway, I go and see his. I see one of his posters hanging around, and I go back and I go, Bob, I think I know why people might not be coming <laughs> because you haven't put the dates or the venue <laughs> on your poster. <laughs> And to this day, I'm still convinced it was deliberate. Yeah, I, I, I honestly believe he's being a disruptor <laughs> to get into that. So, oh, that's beautiful. Great. Well, that no, that was a good team. I, my one question on Craig is: How do you make a good sport film? If you want to make a sport film now, how do you go about it? It's pretty hard because it's this really is the same kind of story. Yeah. Whatever the the sport is, a bit of good research turns up stuff that rings true. So mm. it's not so much the here, I'm talking like I know the answer. No, yeah. I, I don't know the answer. But you to make it feel like it's been, it, it's real. So, as I said before, every story we gathered, everything that happened in Cracker Jack actually happened. Yeah. yeah. Had a bowling green. There was a fight over the cheese of wheel. There was <laughs> a guy got rolled at a a bowling club for suggesting men get to wear short socks as opposed to <laughs> to, to long socks. There was at Collingwood Bowling Club a greenskeeper who was, was who that. was doing pot out, yeah. out of his <laughs> things and got people stoned on hash cookies. Yeah. So make Truth. it real and and you'll get there. I um, love that. Yeah. So and and something that people don't know. They have a connection to mm. like a good a good movie about football, a good movie about golf will be more than that. Yeah, yes. so, yeah. it's all in my book. Yeah, no, it's all in my book. <laughs> all right. Well, listen, this is coming out during the September, as we mentioned. Yes. So we who, this might this will, will look very bad, um, but I would love to know who you're tipping for this year. Uh, you know, I can't say it. With a straight face. The form team in the competition right now is Carlton. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, so good for ratings, though, surely. It would be good for ratings. Collingwood are out of form. Port are out of form. Mm. Brisbane can't win in Melbourne. Geelong aren't going to make it. No. So Just say I, D's, though. You've got to mention uh, well, Melbourne. Well, I think the D's are the quiet achiever here. Mm-hmm. They're playing. They've played good sides. Mm-hmm. They're not getting across the line. Mm. <sighs> It's hard. It's a hard one. To I pick. don't know. I it don't could be know. Carlton. It could be Carlton. It could be Collingwood. It could be Melbourne. There yeah. you go. I've said it. Yeah, there, it could be. There are your three chances. It could be a football player. And who do you who do you want for your coach at Richmond? Uh, so I wanted. Uh, okay, a mental bloke. What's his name? The defensive coach at Collingwood. Lepich. Lepich, former Richmond. He was mm-hmm. our best backline coach we ever had. Yep. Moved to Brisbane, became head coach. It wasn't. 
Bad time. Well, bad time. It was, mm. uh, and the club was rabble. Same with Voss. Look at Voss now. Yeah. So mm-hmm. he's now back at Collingwood, which is a bit, another big club, gun outfit, again, mm-hmm. defensive coach. I would go for him and then surround him with really good assistant coaches, yeah. but I believe, depending on what day it is right now in this crazy mm. land, he may have dropped out of the race. Yeah. yeah. Uh, otherwise, I, I just, I don't know. It would be interesting. Interesting yeah. time at Richmond, Tigerland. All right, all right. <laughs> sounds, sounds a bit ominous. <laughs> well, yeah. It's just, it's a real fork in the road situation, isn't it? But you know what it is? It's time. You clear out. There was just one of the great eras. Mm. And those, everyone should go Hardwick, uh, Rewald, Cochin, with our good grace and good yeah. wishes. And we start again. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, hopefully it won't be. As long yeah. as well, 37 <laughs> years or whatever it was. And hopefully we don't bottom out. I yeah, think that's yeah. the key now. You don't want to – you want to be in a – when you bottom out, you want to be in a fight for the eight. Yeah, And right. with, with a new club coming in, if you're bad now, you're going to be yeah, bad for a while because they're just going to hoover up. I hope Brendan Gale sticks around maybe to just ensure that, that the transition's okay. But he yeah. can go. I've never rated him. <laughs> <laughs> he did what he said he was going to do, didn't yeah, he? But yeah, yeah. He, did, he ticked every box, if yeah. only. Yeah. Hey, Mick, thank you so much for doing this. I know you don't do a lot of uh, – you, like you're, you're a busy man on radio every day and doing TV every week, pleasure, so I really mate. appreciate your time. And thank you to your brother, Rue, for all your help. I wanted to say how much I enjoy your work too, and oh, Auntie Donna, and on behalf of my boys, yes. who are 11 years old. You know who they love uh, most in the world? I swear this is true. Monty Python. Oh, good. And Auntie Donna. Oh, that's and, nice. And they watch it and we re-watch it and uh, everything's a drum. <laughs> it's just driving me mad at the moment. Oh, that's you sick. Know? So, um, well, hello to them. That's awesome. Yeah, they're in a the car. <laughs> yeah, well, great. I'll, yeah. I'll go again. Windows down a bit. I'm good sure. Thanks, Mick. Mm-hmm.